Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We're so glad you've joined us today. If you'd like to contribute financially to this ministry, you can do so at BethesdaChurch.tv slash give and simply select the giving option that works best for you. Thanks again for joining us. We hope you enjoy today's message. came ready for church tonight. This is a rowdy bunch, Pastor Ken. Come on, slap your neighbor a high five and just tell them you're in the right place tonight. You are in the right place. You may be seated. Amen. Thank you, worship team, for leading us into God's presence. Thank you for coming back out tonight. Uh, Don't forget that we have services Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday night. Tuesday night, there's going to be a focus on healing. Uh, how many know that God still heals? And so we're, we're going to be praying for folks and just trusting God for a, a great move of his spirit. Wednesday night, there'll be a focus on the Holy Spirit. So don't miss any night. It's going to be a great time. Uh, as I said, we are on assignment. This is a mandate week of services. We are uh, not just going. I, I don't want to come and just do church. I've been doing church my whole life. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Some of y'all have been saved longer than me, and I'm 40. I've been in church my whole, I don't want to just do church. I want to see a move of God this week. We don't fast and pray for 21 days and then come not expecting to meet with God, not expecting something to change, amen? So it's going to be an awesome few nights. I would just ask that you come each night expecting Invite some people to come with you. Uh, I gotta—I feel like preaching, but I gotta let Pastor Ken do that because he came all the way from Florida uh, to preach. Uh, so the ushers are going to serve you. I'm going to let you give. All right, how's that work? We're going to give you an opportunity to give, and uh, as you prepare your offering, uh, this coming Sunday will be the next um, uh, growth track, which we changed the name of growth track to Next Steps. So if you're new to Bethesda Church, you want to get plugged in. Find out more. Uh, You want to know how to serve on the Dream Team. Next Steps is the place for you. That is this coming Sunday at 10 a.m. in the B-Kids area upstairs. Just follow the signage this coming weekend. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we just thank you so much, God, for what you accomplished this morning, God, all the lives that were changed, God. We thank you, God, for what you are speaking, God, to this house in this season. And, God, for what you're going to do in 2018. God, we thank you for the hell we went through last year because we know it was preparation, God, for what you would entrust to us in 18. And so, God, as we give and sow into your work tonight, we ask, God, that you would bless it and multiply it. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for your giving. It is truly an honor to have my friend with us and his family, Pastor Ken Height and Cher and his son Silas are all here. Uh, made the trip up from Florida. They are doing an incredible work in the Melbourne, Palm Bay area of Florida. I got the opportunity to speak there in May of this past year and just amazing 
at what God is doing. It's truly a, a, a culture there where people can belong long before they believe. They are seeing tons of people come to know Jesus. And I love, I love this family, love their leadership, love the authenticity in which they do ministry. Uh, and so I just want, if you would, if you would just join me again, would you stand to your feet? And let's give a big Bethesda God bless you to Pastor Ken Height as he comes to share. So we got a lot of business to take care of tonight, and uh, I want to—I just want to say uh, how encouraging it is to see you. I do believe that God has placed a word on my heart, and uh, I'm so thankful that God allows me to use an iPad. I'm just glad about that. Don't, please don't hate on me because I don't have a Bible. All right, I have a Bible, but but I'm using an iPad tonight. All right, but I promise I'm—I I do have Scripture for you. So. You know, my wife and I, we talk all the time, and she has asked me before about the kingdom. She has said, you know, Ken, tell me something about the kingdom. Uh, when we talk about the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven, what is different from the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven in terms of what we've always done trying to obey God and, ex and trying to obey God and trying to experience his best for us? And one of the things today that I wanted you to understand is that living for God righteously and his empowering through the kingdom is what produces that righteous reign of God in us. My prayer is that tonight, some of you who may still have questions about how do I get that, I get that it's a kingdom. I get that, that this is the kingdom of God. I understand that Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. But please help me to understand how does this come home for me? And I want to I just throw this out as a precursor. And this thought occurred to me as Pastor Chad uh, was sharing just now. Your understanding, this is fresh. I literally just, I had to write. I didn't want to make sure I didn't, didn't forget this. I want you to understand tonight, your understanding, your grasping of God's kingship uh, in relationship to the family of God begins to bring things home for you. But I want you to get that it only begins to bring things home for you. And I want you to understand that the kingdom of God is not something you comprehend in 30 seconds. I want you to understand that. Don't be disappointed if you're here and you're saying, I want the kingdom, I want to understand the kingdom, but I don't get it yet. Listen, there are people who've studied the kingdom all their life. My, my, one of my mentors says, you're, you don't study the kingdom, the kingdom studies you. Like, you're, you're, you'll be even, listen, all throughout eternity, you're going to be comprehending the greatness of the kingdom of heaven. Isn't that exciting? I'm glad I don't serve a God small enough to put in my pocket. Amen. I'm glad I serve a God, Pastor Chad, that I can't figure out in 30 seconds. You know, if it were like calculus, you could figure it out and know the Pythagorean theorem and various things. And I don't know if that's calculus, but it's something important. And you could figure some of that stuff out and, and, and do math and do all these, this, uh, all these equations and formulas and all that. And it would make sense. But I like at the end of the day that even when I think I've got it, I'm still grasping what's next. Come on. That's because our God is a great God. When you... When you start to grasp that and you realize that he's dad, uh -huh. our father, our heavenly father, Abba father, 
when you begin to realize that he is that great and that you're part of the family whereby you are a joint heir with Jesus and he calls you a son of God, the kingdom will begin to come alive in you because now you recognize you are entitled to things you had no idea of before you recognized your relationship to him as king. I'm preaching, but I haven't started my sermon yet. Let me say this to you guys tonight. My wife and I and my son, we love being here. It is no work. It is a pure joy to be with you tonight and to spend this week with you. And I pray for you tonight that your life would be changed. I want you to understand God is speaking right now to your heart. There's what I say to you. And then there's, and so there's what I say transfers from Uh, From the Holy Spirit to my mind, to my mouth, to your ears. But somewhere between your ears and your heart, somewhere between your ears and your spirit, there's the multiplication of truth God brings to your front doorstep. Please wrap your heart around that. It's It's not about me having a polished message tonight. God is speaking to you. If I came to you, if I came to you with a children's message... God could speak by the Holy Spirit. And I don't want you to miss that. Don't don't miss what the Holy Ghost is speaking to you in expectation uh, and some expectation you might have out of the evening. Let's expect that regardless of the message that the Holy Spirit is going to speak because our hearts are open and we're ready to hear. You've been praying. You've been fasting. You've been seeking God. I pray you didn't go out and get a steak today. You've been praying and fasting and seeking the heart of God. I don't want you to leave here tonight apart from God speaking into your life. So I just want you to pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, speak to me. I know you're talking. I want to listen. Teach me to hear. Teach me, God, not to muddy the message you have for me. Speak specifically to me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. One thing that I said to you guys today was that we're all managing more deception than we realize. Your friend says, hey, I'm five minutes away. That's a lie. They're in Roncevert. Hey, what about this? You get broken up with by somebody, they say, you know, it's not you, it's me. That's a lie. Say amen. Don't get mad. Somebody's like, how dare he say that? It's just true. We're all managing more deception than we realize, especially if you turn the news on. Huh? Come on, man. You can't believe everything. Oh, I know it's true. How do you know? I read it on Facebook. No. No, we are all managing. Pastor, we're managing just so much more deception than we realize. And I want you tonight to get tuned into the frequency that God wants to speak to you on. There are various frequencies in prayer that God will speak to you at. And uh, in prayer, we talk about how Jesus would often get away by himself to pray in the wilderness. And one reason why he did that so often is he would go out there, he would pray with intensity, he would get on the right frequency, and intensity at the right frequency brings consistency. You say, I want to pray more, but here's what happens. When you pray and when you hear from God, you get on a frequency where he speaks into your spirit about your address. All of a sudden, you're like, yeah, I cannot miss this again. 
I enjoy talking to God. And I'll just give you a perfect example. I'm the preacher, and yet I am susceptible to deception just like anybody else could be. In fact, I have an only child. My son is 15 years old. I love my son. My wife and I prayed for nine years to have our son. I got the greatest mother that I could have. My wife is the, I'm speaking about her being his mother, not she's my mother. (laughs) My wife is the greatest mother to my son that I could ever ask for. I want to be the best dad to him that she could ever ask for. But we prayed for a long time. And so God gives us and grants us this blessing. And then, and then I start feeling bad because he's an only child child so the enemy begins to 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 poke at me and to mess with me and to say well you know what he don't have any older brothers here's fear here's fear coming in all right and he's and and so he don't have any older brothers so who's gonna beat up on him well well you gotta you gotta be his older brother and beat up on him a little bit every now and again you gotta kid him every now and again you gotta kind of rub his face in the dirt when you're wrestling or put gum in his hair or do something I don't know not that but 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 you got to be that older brother. And I believe that lie, Pastor. I believe that lie that the enemy gave to me. And for probably two, three years, my, you could ask my wife, I started thinking about, man, man, I, I'm really concerned for Silas. He's an only child. And blah, blah, blah. And I believe this deception the enemy put in my life. And about four or five weeks ago, I woke up in the middle of the night or it was late at night. I hadn't went to sleep. I can't remember. But I'll tell you, God spoke to me. And I began to pray with intensity and listen I want you to be passionate listeners. I've never heard anybody say to me, Pastor Ken, this year I'm going to be really passionate about listening. Think about that. It would help our marriages. It would help everything in our lives if we would be passionate about listening. And I began to passionately listen to God and pray with intensity and listen with intensity. And I got on the right frequency and God spoke to me about my son. And the things that God spoke to me, I began to type out on my phone and my notes because God was sharing things with me about a concern that I have. And you know what he was doing? He was shining a light through the darkness of the deception that I had allowed to take root in my heart. I started listening. God said certain things to me. Your son, you know what God said to me? Your son is not you. You had a hardened heart at 15 years old and you had an anger problem. Your son doesn't have that problem. So when you speak to your son, speak to your son in light of who I'm creating him to be, not in in light of who the the mistakes you made when you were his age. Now you know God's speaking that because I'm not smart enough to make that kind of stuff up. (laughs) So God gave me that and then a week later, because pastor, I got on the right frequency, I got on the right frequency. I'm letting the king speak to me. King Jesus, king of kings, lord of lords. I'm letting him speak into my life. I get on that frequency and I got some consistency now. And so help me God, I'm standing in front. I'm standing in front of the refrigerator. And that thought of deception hit me again about my son being an only child. And I heard the Holy Spirit speak into my spirit and say, 100 older brothers couldn't fill your shoes as his father. Guys, I'm telling you, God, God wants to speak to you right now about your life, about your life, about the hurts, the heartaches, and the things that you're excited about. So you've been in revival, praise God. How are you going to keep this going? God's not just here to fix your problems. God's here to get you promoted. God wants to work promotion and prosperity into your life. He wants to bless you. He wants to make you wiser and sweeter. God's God's not just here to save the day. God's here to use you to be a blessing in the community that he has planted you. 
we've got to understand this kingdom thing. When we get that, when we get that, we recognize that the king, I want to hear what the kingdom, I want to hear what the king has to say about me. I want to hear from the king, what do you have to say about me, about my life? Because the king talks to me about my son. The king talks to me about my wife. King Jesus, he speaks to me by the Holy Spirit, pastor, about my church. And that brings the whole consistency thing in. So here's the thing. Spiritual maturity tonight, just so you know, is not the absence of having problems. Spiritual maturity is when you have the wisdom to move beyond your problems by becoming who God created you to be. Very important. I want you to understand sonship tonight. I want you to understand your kingdom identity. You are a son of the Most High God. We're sons of God. Now, I want to be practical because a lot of times in church we're too practical to be spiritual or too spiritual to be practical. I, I don't want that. I want it to make sense for you. And I want the Spirit of the Lord to move in you and to speak to you, to speak into your heart. I rebuke the devil in the name of Jesus. I just used 11 minutes. I just looked back at the clock and saw 11 minutes in the name of Jesus. God is going to help me anyhow. Say this with me. I showed up. Because I want to change. I won't say amen to truths I won't live. Come on, say amen to that. You see, when we come into church tonight, my prayer is that you begin to understand your kingdom identity. Your kingdom identity as a son of God. This is so important for receiving Tomorrow night, I'm preaching on faith and hope. I may talk about David. I may get to David tonight. I don't know. Uh, the next night, we'll uh, focus in on healing. And then the next night, we're going to focus on the Holy Spirit. And in order for you to receive the kingdom, in order for you to receive all that God wants to unfold in your life and reveal to you, you've got to know, number one, he's not mad at you anymore, and he's actually placed favor over you as his son as a believer in Jesus, God loves you with an everlasting love. Now, here's the thing. When we come together and we learn about faith, faith shows me what God can do. But identity shows me what God can do through me. There's a difference. It's not enough to say, oh, I know God can do it. I know God can do it. I want you to get to a place where you say, I know God's using me to accomplish his will in the earth. Come on, this is a different place. It's not the same. Something happens in Luke chapter 15. There's a verse that says, and we're talking about the prodigal son. And really, it's both the sons were prodigal. But the prodigal son takes off and he says, hey, dad, give me a portion of whatever's mine. I want it. I want to go. And you know, some of you know the story is this son takes his inheritance and he goes off and he squanders it on riotous living. He ends up with nothing. And the Bible says that he's in, he's in a foreigner's house and he's, and he's serving and feeding the pigs. Now, there's something special that happens. The Bible says, when he came to himself, he said, how many of my fathers, oh my, did y'all hear that? My father. How many of my father's servants have more than enough bread? But I perish here with hunger. I will arise and go to my father. Man, that's strong. 
That is so strong. I will go to my father and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and earth and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your servants. And he arose and came to his father. But while he was still afar off, the Bible says that his father saw him and felt compassion on him and ran to him and embraced him and kissed him. In other words, he'd been gone a while, but the father never quit looking for him. God's looking for you to come to your senses tonight and come to a realization thank you pastor God wants you to come to you know what he wants me to work tonight I can tell this already he brought me a beach towel I know what this is God God wants you to come to your senses tonight and remember who your daddy is come on tap your neighbor and say who's your daddy who's your daddy If the word says that he came to himself, then there had to be a time when he forgot who he was. This is so dangerous. Romans 8, 14, for all who are being led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. Paul spoke to the church at Galatia and he said, for you are all sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. And in 1 John chapter 3, verse 1, see how great a love the Father has bestowed upon us that we would be called the children of God. And such we are. For this reason, the world does not know us because it did not know him. We are the sons of God. And because I know that I'm the son of God, I serve, I serve not to obtain the love of God, but I serve from the love of God. It's a place of rest. When you understand his kingship and you understand your identity in the kingdom as his son, righteousness is something that you can walk in because of the empowerment you know you receive as a son of the king. Joint heir with Jesus. We used to sing this song like 50 years ago that probably none of you are going to know. But one of the lines in the song was, joint heirs with Jesus as we something. But that's the part that I remember. And so... That's the only part of the song that I actually remember. We're we're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Come on, say amen to that. So what is the issue? The issue is that of misplaced identity. See, you are loved by God. You are loved by God. And the enemy is working day and night to keep you from understanding who God is. Which is why today I taught about The greatest attack in the Garden of Eden was not on us, but on God. Satan was attacking God's authority, God's righteous reign, God's character. So here's where we're at. We have to find out what our identity is. And I'm telling you, if your identity is in your money, you'll always be fearful. Now, listen, there's nothing wrong with you having money. But if money has you, you are in trouble. In fact, I want you to know, if you want more money, you need more wisdom. Part of the reason sometimes I think I don't have more money is I need more wisdom. God's saying, I'm not going to give you more money until you get better with what you have. Come on, tap your neighbor and say, take your medicine. (laughs) Take your medicine. Y'all notice how I used me as an example and then told you to take your NyQuil? (laughs) The Bible says he came to himself. He remembered what his identity was. So if your identity is in uh, your 401K, You're always going to be looking to the Dow Jones to find out whether you have happiness or not. 
If your money is in a person in this world, another human being, if your, if your uh, happiness is found, if your identity is found in a person, in a human being, then here's what's going to happen. You're always going to only be as happy as that person is making you. And if they, can I say it again? If they ever stop liking you, your life is over. Because you've misplaced your identity. If your identity is in your family or in your name or in your heritage or if your, if your identity is in your career, oh, I'm this, I'm that. If you ever lose whatever it was that made you who you are, you'll be miserable, lonely, and amount to nothing in your own eyes. Are y'all still here? Here's the issue. We... we and this is what the Israelites did. In the book of Exodus chapter 32, the Bible says when the people saw how long it took Moses to come back down from the mountain, they gathered, uh, they gathered around Aaron and they said, come on, let's make us some gods who can lead us. We don't know what happened to that fellow Moses. No, isn't that amazing? One day he's their leader and the next day he's that guy. This fellow Moses who brought us up from the land of Egypt. So Aaron said, take the gold rings from the ears of your wives. Now that sounds dangerous already. Say amen to that. <laughs> Take the gold rings from the ears of your wives and sons and daughters and bring them to me. And all the people took the gold rings from the ears and brought them to Aaron. And Aaron took the gold, melted it down, and molded it into the shape of a calf. When the people, man, this is so strong. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Father, I pray that you would help us to get this tonight and that we would live this out. Almighty God. Aaron took it, he melted it down, made a golden calf. When the people saw it, they exclaimed, O Israel, these are the gods who brought you out of the land of Egypt. What? What? You just made it. How could what you have just made with your own hands have brought you out when it didn't exist while you were there? Amen. Deception is something that's so easy. But they said, we're not comfortable getting our identity through a God that makes us wait, so let's make a convenient God. We do this all the time, guys. We misplace our identity, and it is to our ruin. It messes us up bad. And they, in effect, they create a golden calf, and they fail to realize that anything less is like, oh, God help us. Did the calf have eyes? Well, it was a calf. I'm assuming that it was a good sculptor. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe when he made it, he put eyes on the calf. But it was a calf, right? It was a calf. I mean, we didn't see the calf, but the calf had legs. It was a calf. More than likely, it had some eyes. The calf had eyes, more than likely. But if the calf's eyes can't see, how can the calf protect us from what's in front of us when we are at our wit's end? The calf, the calf had to have had some legs. I mean, if it looked like a calf. But if the calf's legs couldn't walk, how could the calf protect us from the armies that would assail us? The calf, I mean, it's a calf, right? But if, a calf, if the calf had no heartbeat, if the calf had no mind, how could the calf protect us from the things that, that we're struggling against? And this is the struggle, guys. Any, listen, the calf that they created was less than they were. They had a beating heart, eyes that see, hands that work and create, but the calf couldn't so much as get down off of the altar. Anything less than you are will never make you more than you are, which is why we need to understand our sonship in the kingdom. When you get this, 
and you get how great he is and you understand that you are connected to him. And this is one of the greatest attacks on the body of Christ over the last 30, 40 years that every time you mess up, God wants to just get rid of him and get you. God's not that way. God's not trying to mash you out of the family to get you out of here. God's bringing you closer. God's using the situations in your life. He don't create every situation you go through. But there are things that he allows, uh, especially even in times where maybe we're not making the best choices in life. God, I think Romans teaches us that God will allow you to disobey him. And so you, you disobey and then your circumstances, God will use those. All things are not good. But God will use all things for your good. To those who love him and are thee called according to his purpose. Who are they? The sons of God. This is your kingdom identity. I got to slow down. I got to slow down. I got to speed up. I got, I'm running out of time. The what, the how, the where, the when are not merely as important as the who. If your dad were a former president, would your life be different? Come on, if your dad were Michael Jordan, were your, would your life be different? Yeah. If your, dad, if your dad were Drake, would your life be different? I'm asking. If your, if your dad were Snoop Dogg, would your life be different? Say amen, it would. If your dad were, if your dad were Ozzy Osbourne, would your life be different? If your dad were Jim Baker, would your life be different? Yes, absolutely. I want you to understand tonight that as a believer in Jesus, your father is Jehovah, the creator of everything, the sovereign king. Do you think a revelation of who he is as your father will change anything in your life? Yes, yes. And many of us tonight are facing unnecessary struggles and pains in our lives. And it's not because God hasn't saved you. It's not because God hasn't empowered you by the Holy Ghost. It's not that he doesn't want to give you wisdom or that he quit leading you or you're not redeemed or that he took his anointing from you. You have an anointing from the Lord. We simply get distracted and we forget who we are. We forget who we are. We forget who we are. That's why we got to preach the kingdom, Pastor Chad, so often. Uh, it's why we got to teach sonship so often because you cannot forget who you are in God as a son of the king. You're not just son of Ronald McDonald. You are son of the creator. Listen, listen, I just got to throw this out real fast because it's going to help you understand your sonship. It's going to help you understand your kingdom identity tonight. You got to know that the kingdom is bigger than what you can see, think, or hear. It's so much bigger than that. The kingdom is bigger than time, space, and matter. Time measures how long space, how long matter has been in space. But the kingdom is bigger than past, present, and future. The kingdom, oh, don't look, come on, stay with me. Somebody was like, amen, what? (laughs) The kingdom is bigger than the dimensions our finite minds can understand. The kingdom is bigger than protons, neutrons, and electrons. The kingdom is bigger than than length times width times height. The the kingdom's bigger than, 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 than space. The kingdom's bigger. The kingdom's bigger than the universe. I said it today. The kingdom's not part of anything, but it encompasses everything. Here's why this matters. 
Because if you know that and you constantly remind yourself that you're part of that kingdom, all your problems are always going to seem microscopic. If you remember how amazing the kingdom is, the devil can't bring you a problem that you're like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Look at this terrible problem. No, but if you live in light of the kingdom, you're like, devil, you got that. You're going to have to try harder than that. You better try hard. No, don't, do better. don't try harder. Just get away in the name of, in fact, no, why am I having a conversation with you? Father, I praise you. And the devil takes off. Remember? He's not going to sit around and listen to you quote the word and magnify God. Now, here's the thing. Israel, Israel didn't just get stuck in the wilderness. Israel forgot who they were. They did not have to spend 40 years on a two-week trip. They chose to because they were dumb. Come on, say amen. We can say that because they're all dead right now. All right. I think we can say that. All right, let me teach you something. The danger of forgetting who you are in Christ is that you're often, te- you're often tempted to pretend as if you figured it out. Yes. Further danger of pretending is not merely that you're phony, but that you create a persona you actually begin to believe is the real you. It gets worse. To pretend is to live less than God intended for you. You begin to lose sight of reality and you don't remember which is the real you in the first place. But even worse than that, another danger is that the people who fell in love with who you pretended to be walk out on you when you begin living as God intended you to be. This is dangerous. You cannot afford to live less than a son of the king. I want you to get this, because if, if the doctor said, and we thank God for doctors, right? Thank God for doctors. I've got doctors in our, in our church in Discover Life, and we love them, and they are blessings in my life. But if a doctor tells you what a report says, you got to be able to say, I'm going to believe the report of the Lord. And the report of the Lord says, I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. If you get the kingdom, you get sonship, you're going to stand on that because the kingdom. And hey, even if you did die, you're going to live for eternity. What's bigger than that? What's bigger than that? You see, I want you to understand that God is glorified when you live as a son of God. He's, listen, it's a struggle to glorify God when you live as somebody else's son. You live, but listen, to live beneath this is to settle for what God never intended. And I don't want that for you. Don't forget that the fake you is not just a lesser you, it's a golden calf. It's a golden calf. Because we begin to find our identity in something other than who God is instead of trusting Him. This is why if any man be in Christ, he is a, some of you know this, new creature. Hallelujah. All things have passed away. God's made all things new. And the book of Deuteronomy begins with an ending. And God just looks at Joshua and he says, Joshua, Moses is dead. Well, that doesn't sound very consoling. How many of you have ever had God just speak real honest with you? Real like straight up with you. I'd rather God speak direct to me than someone who doesn't love me. 
faithful are the wounds of a friend. And Jesus is a friend that sticks closer. God is a friend that sticks closer than a brother. If there's anybody you want to wound you with the truth, God will never lie to you, but he will wound you with the truth. Let's, let's, let's get on that frequency with the king and let the king speak to his servant, to his son. Let's let the king speak about his realm and about his reign. And let's let what he says sink deep into our heart. Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Let's let what he says sink into our heart, into our spirit and change the way we think and change the way we see ourselves. You see, I said today, if I can't change the way you think, I can never help you change your life. In the same sentence, if you don't change how you view yourself, you'll never be able to change the direction that you're headed. You have to see yourself as a son of God. Now, here's the thing. God says to Joshua, Moses is dead. It's your turn now. Here's what I want you to get. You generally have to end something to begin something. You do. You generally have to end something to begin something. I want you to get this tonight. I want you to get this tonight because I love you dearly. And I want you to live. I want you to live life and life more abundant. I'm not here tonight because I'm looking for a place to preach. I want to bless your life tonight. I want to speak life over you. And in order to begin this identity, in order to live this out with authenticity, there's some stuff you're going to have to say goodbye to. You can't mow the grass and drive your car at the same time. You can't fast and eat a steak at the same time. I mean, you can, but it's not right. I mean, it's just not, it's not, it's not, it's not real fasting. All right. You can't begin some things if you refuse to end some things. You can't begin saving if you're going to continue wasting. You can't begin walking in the spirit if you continue living for your flesh. You can't walk by faith if every day you wake up and live in fear. Are you hearing what I'm saying? You can't be a good dad and an absent father. Come on. You can't, you can't be a mother to your children and then be out all night at the club. Y'all have clubs here? Well, wherever people go that's similar to a club, you can't do that. Come on, say amen. amen. If you want to live your kingdom identity, you're going to have to say goodbye to the persona you've settled for. What is it? What is it? What have you settled for in the last six months? Come on, God has been preparing you. There's been a culmination in this time of prayer and fasting for you to receive this revelation tonight and so that you don't just hear a message and walk out encouraged, but you hear a message and walk out with a changed mind about where you're headed. You're not going to go back to where you've been. You've got something brighter and better in front of you. Come on, you're a son of the king. Jesus, help us. My question is tonight, what is it that you're leaving behind to become who God's calling you to be? What are you leaving behind? I've been preaching right now 37 minutes. If I stop now, you guys will get a good night's rest and come back tomorrow. Okay, 10 more minutes. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Am I okay? He, he's in charge. Pastor Chad's in charge. Okay. Here we go. Praise the Lord. I always wonder, because you know there's a bunch of people who are super anointed, and they're like, go on. 
And you know there's got to be at least two people in the room that are like, oh, crap, here we go. (laughs) So, (laughs) Jesus, help us, Lord. Now, Jesus, when he came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he was asking his disciples, who do people say the Son of Man is? And they said, some say John the Baptist and others Elijah, but still others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Who he is to you matters. Doesn't matter if your daddy knew him. Doesn't matter if your mom sang alto in the choir. It doesn't matter if your dad was on the church board. It doesn't matter if your great-grandfather was a preacher and preached about Jesus. Ask the seven sons of Sceva that tried to cast out devils and said, we adjure you in the name of Jesus who Paul preached. Now, we don't know Jesus, but Paul knows him, and we adjure you in his name because Paul preaches him. And the devils looked at the seven sons of Sceva and said, I know Jesus, and I know Paul, but I don't know you. And the Bible says they leaped on them and and the the seven sons of Sceva ran away beaten and naked. The enemy took them out because they didn't have a proper identity of the king. If you don't know the king, how can you ever know yourself? This is so critical. It's why the kingdom of heaven is so important. That's why I preach that today. I know that there's more exciting messages. I get that. I know that there's things that I could say and I mean, after you've been preaching a little while, you do learn. I don't ever want to sacrifice a word from God for moving a crowd. And I really feel like I had the mind of the Spirit in laying a foundation on this morning and preparing so that you would get this tonight. I really believe that. Jesus says this. He said, but who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and he said, hey, Let this sink deep into your heart. Let the word of God as a seed sink into your heart. And let's water this seed of the word of God planted in your heart that it will spring forth and multiply into harvest. A harvest of righteousness tonight. And, And he said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, because flesh and blood did not reveal this to you. But my Father who is in heaven, I also say to you that that you, that you are Peter. And upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not overpower it. A revelation in the heart of a disciple of Jesus. God used that revelation to reveal in that same heart who he was. Think about this. He said, he said, I also say to you that you are Peter and upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Listen to this. Understand, I'm going to close with this. Understanding God's kingship will produce in you a revelation of your identity as the son of the king. That is your kingdom identity. That is your kingdom identity. Musicians, if you want to come. God said in the Old Testament, I will be an enemy to your enemies. So it's a good idea to find out he is your dad. He is your father. Our 
And that's that word, our, O-U-R, our, meaning you and Jesus, meaning you and Jesus. That's why we come boldly before the throne of grace, because our means Jesus is with us. Our means it's you and me, the family of God, Jesus coming before God. And God said, I will be an enemy to your enemies. This is why David could say, and I won't get to it tonight. I'll try to get to it tomorrow. But this is why David could say when he's running toward Goliath, he says, this battle is not mine, but the Lord's. He could say this because he, he caught glimpses and understanding. He caught, caught glimpses and pieces of the, of the kingship of God. He understood that God was first. He was a worshiper of God. He had this picture of God. David may not have been trained in battle since his youth, but David was trained in warfare in the spirit, sitting out in the fields around a bunch of sheep with a harp, playing songs, singing love songs to Almighty God, singing love songs to God, getting to know who God is. When the king of Israel and his older brothers, Eliab and Shammah, and none of his family knew what to do with Goliath when Goliath began talking trash. David knew what to do with the enemy because of who he knew God to be. And so David didn't just, didn't just go out to face the enemy with shaking knees and a trembling voice. David faced the enemy saying, who are you to defy the, the God of Israel? Who are you to come against us? How dare you speak to us that way? And when the enemy, when Goliath said, when Goliath said, I'm going to feed your flesh to the birds of the air. David said, I'm going to feed your flesh and all the flesh of the entire army. David was, the, was like the king trash talker of trash talkers. David could out trash talk Charles Barkley and Michael Jordan put together. David, David, was, David could just trash talk. And David goes over and the, and the Bible says, this is, what, this is what a victory. This is what type of victory. Knowing who the king is will bring you toward. When David got over, he slung the stone. He ran toward Goliath. See, some of you tonight, you've been running from stuff that when you get a revelation of who God is, you're going to start running toward stuff instead of running away from it. David took the sling and he swirled whirled it and whirled it and whirled it and he let go of that rock and that rock went through the air and sunk into the forehead of Goliath. Goliath fell to the ground and the best part is that when David got to Goliath, he stood over Goliath. I know he was like, I told you sucker. He was like, I'm going to take your head off. And David got over there and the Bible says that he had no sword in his hand. So David took Goliath's sword out of the sheath and cut his head off, held his head up. Blood went everywhere. It was awesome. All the ladies are like, that's gross. And all the men are like, yeah, I like this preacher. But when the Bible says David took the sword out of the sheath, the victory was so swift, Goliath never even had time to take his sword out. I'm praying for swift victories for you who understand who the king is and understand who you are in the family of God. Somebody shout yes. Somebody shout yes. Everybody say swift victory. Shout it out, swift victory. Lift your hands and say, God, show me who I am. Show me who I am. Show me who I am. Come on, all over the room right now. Let's just surrender ourselves to the king. We're part of a kingdom, God. We surrender ourselves to you. We surrender ourselves to you, God. Show us our kingdom identity tonight, almighty God. Show us, God, our kingdom identity tonight. 
we got to hear it from you, God, because we don't want to go another day living the way we've always lived. God, we don't want to go another day, even if we're not doing horrible things, terrible things, living horrible, sinful lives. God, we don't want to walk beneath what you have for us because we recognize. Everybody look at me real fast. I just heard this from the Lord. This is important. What the, one of the reasons that you need to know your kingdom identity, it's not just about you being blessed. It's about the needs of your children and grandchildren after you're gone. They need to know that you knew who you were so that you can model to them who they can be in Jesus. This is critical tonight that you wrap your heart around your kingdom identity as a son of the king. All over the room now. All over the room, there's stuff that we got to let go. There's stuff. There's, there's the old you. There's the golden calf you. There's the lesser than you. There's the missing it you. And only you know right now, unless the Holy Ghost reveals it, only you know what that is. So all over the room right now, in a spirit of worship, as this team leads us, I'm just going to lead you through a series of prayers. And the first prayer that I want to begin asking you is, can you see the Lord high and lifted up? Can you see him high and lifted up? I want you to see Jesus enthroned in heaven. We are so good at picturing Jesus on the cross with a bloody face and, uh, and, uh, and a scarred forehead with, uh, with a crown of thorns. And we talk about an empty tomb, and that's good too. That's all part of the gospel of the kingdom. But tonight, I want you to envision with me, I want you to envision Jesus sitting at the right hand of God. I want you to envision your conquering king there. Can you do that all over the room? Hallelujah! Hallelujah! God, we magnify and praise you. We worship you enthroned in the heavens. We see it. We see it. We see the heavenly hosts. We see countless multitudes of angels worshiping. And tonight we join the angels who sing, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Oh, we're not done. Come on, lift up your voice and begin to worship him. You see it in the spirit. You see him enthroned in heaven. Now worship him and worship him in light of him sitting at the right hand of God. Come on, all over the room. All over the room. Come on, let's worship right now. Come on, worship him. Come on, let's worship Him. Worship Him. Worship Him. Spiritual surgery is happening.
Worship him right now. Worship him in light of him being enthroned. Come on, this is, this is what we're supposed to do right now. This is what we're supposed to do. Continue to sing. I see you move. You move the mountains. Come on. And I believe. Hey. I see you Sing it. Made a way. Tonight at 3 in the morning, if you wake up to get a drink of water, you open your eyes. I pray that when you open your eyes in the middle of the night, when you wake up tomorrow morning, you wake up and say, I see you. I see you move. The mountain can't stay. That sickness is leaving my body in Jesus' name. My spouse is coming home. My prodigal is coming home now. I see you move, God. Come on. Move the mountain, Jesus. You're a great conquering king. I see you enthroned. Move every mountain, God. Make a way, God. I believe. I'll see you do it. Right here, right now. Come on. Come on. Your you king is in Rome. Worship the king in Rome. Let all the heavens hosts, all the citizens of heaven, sing it out. what we're going to do. Have you seen the king sitting at the right hand of God? I'm asking you, have you seen him? That king says he loves you with an everlasting love. What wouldn't that king do for you? Think about it. You don't have to beg someone who loves you to bless you. 
wrap your heart around that. Let the kingdom identity of God as a son bless your spirit tonight and change your life. There are people with a call from God and you've ran from it. You've ran from it. It doesn't have to even be full-time ministry. It could be something in the church that you know you could knock out of the park if you would just submit yourself to the voice of God. And there's things about your identity tonight that have been revealed to you that now are emboldening you. And the Lord says it's time now to step up and to become who God has called you to be to build this community and support this pastor and hold his arms up. So before we go any farther, those of you who tonight have gotten a revelation of your identity in Christ as a son of God, a son of the King, some of you tonight might be feeling there's something that you can do. Maybe you've, and it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean you've been disobedient. It could mean that God has had you in a place of learning. It could mean that God has had you in a place of preparation, but you've seen the King tonight. And you're ready to see the king move and move mountains in your life and in the lives of the people who you share this community with. If you're here tonight and you know there are some things that you need to step up and do to support this pastor and to support this vision and get behind it, I want you to step out. I know there's not a lot of room, but I don't even know how many people this will be. So whoever's here tonight that would say, Pastor Ken, I know I got to step up. You don't even have to tell me where. I don't, I, don't even, I don't even have to know where. But if you know that God is moving you, to, God is moving you to move in faith and to do something for the Lord in this house, maybe you haven't done yet, I want you to get out of your seat and walk to this altar because I want to pray for you. Come on, there has to be someone here. God wouldn't put it on my heart if there weren't people here. This is your opportunity. You see the, you see the king, sister, high and lift it up. Is there anybody else? Come on, you see the king high and lift it up. Come on, guys. Come all the way up here to the front. I need to know who everyone is so that when we pray for you, we're going to believe for a Holy Spirit empowerment tonight. Come on. Move now. Move now. Don't miss this. Don't miss this opportunity. This is a Kairos moment. This is a window of opportunity for you to receive something that you could get busy and miss. It's not that God won't give it to you. It's that right now is a special time where your heart uh, is being softened by the Holy Spirit to respond. And it could be four months. You could get busy with a bunch of stuff tomorrow and miss an opportunity. Come on. You're going to step up in some area. God's calling you to step up. God's calling you to support the pastor and this vision. I'm telling you right now, guys, before I go any further, you have an amazing pastor. Pastors. Pastors. Pastor Chad, this is a, minister, this is a pastoral couple. Karen and Chad, you have amazing pastors, plural. And we thank God for this couple that God sowed into our lives. You do understand that God sowed this family here, and I just thank God for it. But I'm telling you, I'm telling you this not to produce fear or anxiety, but to prepare you, to prepare you so you can hold the arms up of your pastor. I declare in the name of Jesus that this building will not be a time that tears down at the strength of your pastor. 
But I believe in the name of Jesus as people step up like they have tonight, as the people of God see a need and push forward, build, seeking the kingdom as God builds his church, I declare in the name of Jesus, Pastor, rest over you. Rest, rejuvenation, and rest in the name of Jesus. That what took other pastors out will be a time of blessing in the Dingus house in Jesus' name. That the people of God stand behind you and hold your arms up. Guys, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you, so I'm, gonna, I'm just going to pray. There's a couple things that I want you to get. Number one, God wants to do something specific in your life. Look at me real fast. There's something that God can do through you in this house that God could, would not do through me. There, you are special among human beings on this planet. And God has given you a special thumbprint, but he has uniquely gifted you. And there are things that you can do to support the, the house of God, the vision of God in this house. There are things that you can do. I want you to wrap your heart around this. When the king, because the king doesn't just have you as a son, he made you. The king made you. That's a revelation in and of itself. But when he made you, he broke the mold. God will never bless our impersonation of someone else. Here's the good news. You never have to be anybody else. Because as a son of God, he has made every single one of you absolutely special and unique. Now here's what this means. This means that God will use you in a very profound way. God will use you. And let me give you an example. Maybe you have the gift of encouragement. And somebody walks through that door thinking about committing suicide. And I, you know what? I speak against the spirit, of, uh, that demon spirit that would cause people to take their lives or throw their lives away. If you're here tonight, you be healed in the name of Jesus in your soul. God has more for you. God has healing for you. God loves you. We love you. Someone could be this. Oh my gosh, please understand. This is not some fairy tale I'm spinning here. This is real life. Every single week, broken people walk through those doors. And God would gift you with the capacity to stand at that door and genuinely care about someone and say, welcome to God's house. Welcome to God's house. Welcome here today. We're so glad to see you. You're special. Hey, we're glad you're here. Hey, come sit with me. Come sit with me. Hey, let me take you to, let me take you to lunch after this. You, you hear what I'm saying? You are special. And here's what I want you to do. We pray this prayer. You got, if you haven't went through uh, next steps, if you haven't yet went through next steps, I want you to start there. And I want you to ask, because here's what's going to happen. I want you to ask and say, pastors, I know God called me here. What can I do? What with the gifts that God has given me, with the gifts that God has given me, what can I do? to seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness first. What can I do? So start in the next steps, and then we're going to pray for you right now, okay? So all over the room, would you just stretch your hands toward these people right now? Father God, this is our family here tonight, and we bless them. We speak life over them. 
God, now they walked down tonight because they mean business. They didn't walk up here for exercise, God. They walked up here tonight because in faith they're responding to an altar call. They said, that's me. That's me. Here I am, Lord, speak. Your servant hears. Use me, almighty God. Use me, God, tonight, tomorrow, moving forward, right here in this house, right here in this community. Almighty God, we believe that you will use these that have walked up. God, I pray for a specific call. We know that you've given them specific gifts and specific skills. I pray, Almighty God, that you will use them where they're gifted, and I pray that you will use them where they're needed. I pray, God, for a spirit of humility. God, boldness. The righteous are bold as a lion, God. And these are bold believers in Jesus. These are bold people who understand their kingdom identity. These family members tonight, knowing who they are in you, stepped out in faith to receive. So Holy Spirit, begin speaking to their heart right now, I pray, in the name of Jesus. Begin speaking to their heart. Place a desire in them, Almighty God. Place a special desire in them, Almighty God. And God, anyone who's here tonight who may also be called to ministry, I pray for a spirit of humility upon them, God. I pray for a spirit of humility, Almighty God, that we never become, God, we know that we we can never be too small for you, but we can be too big for you. God, we pray that these things don't cause us to become prideful, arrogant, or puffed up, but rather, God, keep us humble before you. God, help us to always keep our eyes on who you are. Father God, I pray for every single person that's walked up, but I pray this specific thing, God. I pray, God, that I pray, God, that the church is not just strengthened, God, in terms of uh, in terms of uh, joy, but God, all these people who are getting saved, I pray that these that are in the altar will lead the way in befriending the down and out. I pray that those who are here in this altar would spearhead this and lead the charge to love people who want to know who they are in Jesus Christ. I pray that you use all these people that have walked down here to undergird the ministry and to bring immediate strength to the infrastructure, God. God, I pray that these are not merely people who will stand in a gap somewhere or fill a place, but I pray, God, that just like that steel is going up, just like the steel that came in, each one of the people here in this altar represent a piece of the body of Christ. They represent a part, and we need every single part. The steel is only as strong as the bolts that hold it to the concrete foundation. So I thank you for every member of steel. I thank you, God, for every bolt. I thank you, God, for every solder joint. I thank you, God, for drywall. I thank you, God, for the two-by-fours and the two-by-eights and the two-by-sixes, almighty God. For every tool, for the bulldozer, God, for everything that is used to build, God, not just the physical building that will house the church, but I pray that the gifts that have walked up to this altar will be used to build the body up and make the body strong. In Jesus' name.
one more thing, and I'll hand it over to Pastor Chad. Real fast, uh, there's some stuff that you got to leave behind tonight. Because what happens is sometimes we try to carry stuff with us. And the stuff we're carrying was never meant. It's, it's, it, it, it hinders us. And it hinders our capacity. You can't, listen, you can't worship the one true God and keep uh, the toenail of the golden calf in your back pocket. Uh, you got to let that golden calf go. You got to let the old you go. You got to let your old identity go. And tonight, in the middle of the night, you wake up. Tomorrow morning, you're going to wake up. You're going to say, I see you move. You're going to sing this. You're going to say, I pray that in the middle of the night, you just wake up and start singing. In your car tomorrow, y'all are going to be driving up Main Street. People are going to think you've lost your mind. You're going to be in the car. <laughs> Here's what we're going to do. Tonight, I want you to leave something at the altar. I want you to leave something at the altar. It may not be for everybody, but it'll be somebody. Just as an act of, this is just purely symbolic tonight. But I believe that there's something that God will do with this act of faith. Tonight, if there's something that you just want to leave at the altar, I want you to, I want you to, uh, you've already seen Jesus enthroned. So as, as the worship team sings this song another minute, would you just come up right now, one by one? Those of you that you got something to drop off at the altar, some piece of your old identity, you're letting that go uh, to walk in this uh, kingdom identity. Leave it at the altar, and you can make room for other people right now. Come on, if that's you. I just want, in fact, when you get up, I'll just touch your hand and pray for you, if that's you. Come on, move now. Move now. Guys, are, you got something you want to leave here? Just leave it here. Leave it here, and you can move back to your seat. Father, Whatever, whatever it is that was in the old persona, the old us, we're leaving it. We're leaving it. We leave it. We leave it at the altar. We leave it here tonight. Is there anybody else? Something that you need to lay down at the altar and you say, I'm not taking this home with me tonight. This will not come back into my house. This will not come back into my house in the name of Jesus. Deliverance, God, in the name of Jesus. This, come on, is there anybody else? This is your moment. I'm not taking this home. Come on, sis. I'm not taking this home. I'm leaving this at the altar. I've got a new identity. I've got a kingdom identity I'm walking in. I'm leaving this here. This will not go back into my house. This will not go back into my house in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I'm leaving it. I'm leaving it. It ain't staying. My family's going to be different. My marriage is going to be different. My finances are going to be different. My outlook on life, my attitude is going to be different. I'm leaving this at the altar, and I'm going to see God move in my life and in my city in the name of Jesus. Come on, shout it out. I see you move. Oh, I see you move. You move the mountain, and I believe I see you do it again. You made a way where there was no way. And I believe I see you do it again. I see you move. You move the mountain. And I believe Come on. I see you do it again.
remember the last time I sat in a service and knew that we were hearing and such an on-time word. Every time I'm in church, I, I always grab something, pull something. But tonight I know that our Heavenly Father was speaking directly to us through this man of God tonight. And I don't say that lightly. It, you know, this is your grown-up year. This is your grown-up year. Come on, you need to touch three people and tell them this is your grown-up year. God, so much. One of the things that's bothered me for years is that the American church has created a performance-driven church. Uh, we want a powerful preacher. We want anointed people. And I love powerful preach. Tonight was powerful preaching. But God wants to utilize powerful preaching to raise up powerful people. And I won't preach again, but the writer of Hebrews says that you got to reach a place where you wash yourself, anoint yourself, and work the word for yourself. This is our year, Bethesda Church. God's not raising up a powerful person. He is raising up a powerful people. We're going to turn this region upside down for Jesus. Listen. I know, I know. You say, uh, how, how are we going to do more than what? We're not supposed to have 1,100 people coming now. This is already a miracle. But what's the devil going to do when 1,100 people start living the kingdom? Come on, the devil ain't seen nothing yet. How many plan on coming back tomorrow night at 7 o'clock? Amen? Here's what I want you to do. Will you let Pastor Ken and Cher and Silas know how much you appreciate them? Come on, let's give them a big God bless you. We love you guys. You're awesome. On your way out tonight, hug some people, high five some people. See you tomorrow night, 7 o'clock. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Bethesda Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, BethesdaChurch.tv. Thank you for joining us and have a great day.